It's November the 7th. It's November. It's uh, Thanksgiving, just a, just a few weeks away from that. And then, you know, Christmas is right around the corner. And uh, we've done this the last, last two Novembers. And I don't know that we'll do this the rest of our lives here uh, on earth and at Church 2911. But we've done a Thanksgiving sermon series. And you just saw a preview. And that actually is a preview for next week. And it and excited me so much because uh, next week we're going to talk about missions. And there are actually three missions that... Um, we're, we're pulling together a missions team here finally, and uh, there are three missions that we're going to be supporting. Uh, for the next year, we're going to be promoting them and uh, encouraging you to give and doing some special, very special things. So listen, next week, make sure you come ready to give a little extra in a missions offering. And it's not important how much you give. I know some of you may say, well, I, my little bit that I could give, bring it anyway. Bring an extra check, even if you've got to write what you think is a small amount just bring that next week because we're going to introduce you to three um, missions, a, a, a world missions, a national mission, and a local mission. And you just saw them previewed there, but we're going to introduce them to you a little bit more next week. I, I'm really excited about that. Uh, and it's part of the, just our, our Thanksgiving series. And we're doing this, we've done this last two years and uh, felt led to do this again this year. We're going to talk about some things about, about how we're supposed to show our Thanksgiving to God. And uh, it's easy for us to... Um, Say a prayer over a big turkey and say, thank you, God, for the big turkey, right? I mean, it's easy for us to uh, say, thank you, God, for having all of my family together. But, what, but it's, it's not, a, you know, Thanksgiving isn't about that day and the few things that we're thankful for that day. It's about all the things that he's done for us over the last year. It's about all the good stuff that he's poured inside of us and, and uh, given to our families and blessed us, the protection that he's given us, the, you know, the, the help that we have. Everything that God has done for us is about trying to wrap all that up into a, into a season. Well, you know, it's kind of hard to do that, and so that's why we're going to start today and talk about it for the next three weeks, talk about our, thanks, our thankfulness. And, um, and this is something I said a couple years ago. We said it last year. I'm going to say it to you again this year. Is I, be, I believe this. I believe that the true measure of your thankfulness is how you handle the gift you receive. You know, because you get that gift for Christmas that you don't want, what do you do with it? You chunk it in the trunk of your car, or you stick it way back in, in the back of your closet or whatever. But the true measure of thankfulness is how you handle the I mean, when, if you're really thankful for something, you know, you, you take that thing home. I mean, you hold it to you. You know, you, nobody else can have that. It's, it's your thing. And, and, you know, and you'll only share it with people that are really special and important to you. You, you treasure that thing. And if we're truly thankful of the stuff that God has given to us, if we're truly thankful for those things, then we'll treasure them. We'll hold them dear. We'll, we'll be careful with them. We'll share them with people that are close to us. We'll make sure that they don't leave us too soon. So let's uh, get into this. And this morning, let me tell you, this morning I, I, have, I, I have never been as excited about a sermon on tithing than I am today. I, I'll tell you this. Other than sex, <laughs> sermons on sex, there is probably nothing that is more nerve-wracking on a pastor's wife than for her pastor to preach on tithing. <laughs> I, and and when, when, uh, when the announcement up there said that I was about to bring a message on tithing, I leaned over to Dave and said, aren't you excited about this? He said, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and because you never know. I mean, you know, because you, you talk about those things with tithing and, and people get offended, you know, because they're, they're not tithing and the pastor's just coming down on me. And I am excited about this message today on tithing. Never been this excited about a message on tithing as I am today because I want to tell you why we tithe. I'll tell you why we tithe. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for uh, all the good stuff, Lord, like I uh, just talked about, Lord, that you've blessed me with, blessed my family with, Lord. Just uh, seems like sometimes, God, you have just turned heaven upside down and just shaken it over me, Lord, to, to fill my life with goodness, Lord, with uh, awesomeness, God, with blessings. I thank you, God, for uh, just all the choice things that you have 
done and for me, Lord, and, and uh, into our family. And I pray, God, for your uh, Holy Spirit to just help us today. God, that uh, we need to take some steps, Lord, and, and get beyond maybe where we've been in our uh, Thanksgiving and get to a, a new place with you and a new place in our Thanksgiving. Uh, and God, in a new place in our giving as well, Lord, and I just ask your Holy Spirit to for you to be in charge of this, for me to not steer this and guide this today, but for you to do it. And I pray that in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Okay, so why do we tithe? Now, I, I can take you a lot of places in Scripture. We could go all the way back to the book of Genesis. We could talk about Abraham and how he tithed. I mean, this is something from way back there. We could go to the law, and we could talk about the tithing that is there. Uh, you know, and we could go on into the New Testament. Uh, we could go to, you know, Jesus even told them, listen, tithing is supposed to continue. There's some other stuff to do, but don't leave out the tithing. Or we could talk about the early church, and, and we could, you could see the examples. You can see the, the words of Paul. You see the, the things that are going on there. That, that tithing is there. But the place to tell you most about why we tithe, I think, and, and, and there's, there, there's one ver- just one single verse of Scripture that wraps up so much of it. Now, you can go on to the next verse later, and I would encourage you to do so because there's actually even more reason to tithe in, in the next verse. But there's one verse in the Old Testament, and, and if, uh, if you've been around church long enough to hear any messages on tithing, I know you're familiar with Malachi chapter 3, verse 10. This is it. And, and, and it really wraps up to me the entire essence of why we tithe. And, uh, and I'm not talking about why we teach tithing. I'm talking about why I personally tithe, why some of you personally tithe have decided I'm going to be a tither. The, and, it, and it's wrapped up right there in this one verse. And, and I just want to show, I, I don't think I, I've got one other scripture, and it's actually our Jeremiah 29, 11 that we're going to show. Everything else is going to come pretty much from Malachi chapter 3, verse 10, because this one verse of scripture wraps up the essence of why we tithe. So let's jump here first. And, and, and it's really a progression in a lot of ways. He says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. Now, God is the one speaking here, okay? You need to know that because the very first reason that we tithe, I mean, the main reason that we tithe, the reason that people begin to tithe. I mean, we don't, you know, normally when we start something, we don't have altruistic ideals and reasons that we do things. You know, we do them because we have to. And this is God's word here. So God is speaking. God is speaking to Israel and he says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. So let me tell you, the reason we tithe is obedience. And you know what? Right there, obedience. I mean, we can stop right here and, and just let's all receive the tithes and offering. We're going to do that before we leave here today. We didn't miss it a few moments ago. This is on purpose. But we can stop right here, close the service, receive tithes and offering, and I'll go home because this is enough reason for all of us to tithe because God said so. I mean, we don't need any other reason. I mean, he said so, that's it. I, I, I mean, how many of you remember your parents ever saying, because I said so? I mean, did, did it matter anything? When dad said, because I said so, did anything else matter? Nothing else really matters, does it? I mean, get this first. The reason we tithe is because of obedience, because he told us to tithe. And obedience, when God speaks, and, and, and let me tell you this, you know, God is really not into this because I said so thing, because he always gives us the reason. I mean, if we'll look far enough, if we'll look deep enough into it, he gives us the reason that we're supposed to do the things that he requires us to do. Sometimes we, we, you know, we're like the two-year-old and we just have to say no, but we just have to hear God say no because I said so. And we just have to do it for that reason. And God's not really into that, but I also want to say this to you. 
that if God ever tells you to do something and if you don't understand the reason to do it, just do it because he told you to, okay? You, I, I'm not saying that you don't have to do it unless you understand. No, that's not what I'm saying either. I am saying, yeah, because he said so of obedience, this is why we tithe. And, and, you know, there's a scripture that also says that obedience is better than sacrifice, and tithing is is the obedience part, and, and, and sacrifice, that's kind of like the giving. You know, a lot of times we, we kind of act like our tithing is a great sacrifice. Well, let me tell you this, that tithing is really not a, a great sacrifice because... Because the tithe actually belongs to God. He said, it's mine. The tenth is holy to me. It's all, it belongs to me. So you know what? For me to give God what belongs to him, that's not a sacrifice. Actually, in these verses of scripture, if you back up one verse before chapter 10, before verse 10, you know what you'll see? You'll see that God says, because you haven't given me the tithe, you know what you've done? You've robbed me. You've stolen from God. Okay. So, so this tithe thing, this belongs to God. And so for us to hold it is to rob him because for us to give it, we've, we've done nothing yet. All we've done is handed it back to God. I mean, we've just given God, you know, here's the thing. People, uh, I've seen a lot of people that want to, you know, take great pleasure in letting you know how much they sacrifice by their tithe, you know. Uh, but you don't sacrifice because you can't, you can't actually sacrifice until you've tithed. I mean, and once you get the tithe taken care of, then you can start sacrifice. You know, it's like this. If I owe you $100, I can't go out and buy you a $50 shirt and hand it to you and say, here, this is a great sacrifice, but I wanted you to have this. I mean, that, 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 that's your shirt. It belongs to you, and I still owe you 50 bucks. And really, you want to take the shirt back and get 50, your 50 bucks because you probably didn't want the shirt in the first place. And that's the way we do God sometimes when we act like we're doing a sacrifice and we've not given him the tithe. The tithe belongs to him. And here's the cool thing is that God doesn't really want sacrifice so much. You know what he wants? He wants obedience. He just wants us to be obedient to him, and this is why we tithe. But, you know, like I said, God's not really into this uh, because I said so thing. That's not really what he's into. But just like a two-year-old, sometimes you have to just say, you know, when we don't get it, God has to just yell out of heaven like he did in Malachi chapter 3 and say, bring the tithes into the storehouse, and then we're supposed to be obedient. But you know what God wants? He wants us to grow up. You know, we got a two-year-old in our family right now. You know what I'm hoping? I'm hoping one of these days, you know, she doesn't just respond to the because I said so, the timeout chair, or is Pop going to have to spank you? I, I know you can't believe I said that. I have actually said that, and, and I've had to follow through a couple of times. You know what? But I'm hoping she doesn't always have to respond to those. I'm hoping that she progresses one day and gets to a different place in her relationship and her understanding of what is right and what is wrong. And you know what? God does the same thing for us. God is not into this thing of just saying, because I said so. He doesn't get any pleasure in that. He wants you to understand. And so you know what? It does go deeper than this. And there's another part of this verse that says this. He says, test me in this and see if I will not. So he says, test me. God says, I want you to prove. That's another way that that word is defined there. I want you to prove. Prove me in this and see if I won't do what I said I will do. What he's saying is, I want you to try me out. He said, I want you to be obedient. I want you to try me out because... I want you to understand, so I want you to know that you can trust me. This is the thing. God wants us to trust. That's the reason we tithe. 
Now, I don't mean that's the reason we teach tithing. I'm talking about that's the reason we personally, we personally make the decision, not as a group, but as an individuals. This is one of the reasons this is it. And this is a reason behind obedience is because of trust. This is like a, a next step that we get to. You know, that we, we hope our two-year-old grows up and starts trusting us that we know better. You know, that's the thing is, is, is when we tithe, we, we trust. Tithing is trusting God. It is believing that God has a plan. It is believing that God has the ability to, to finish that plan, and it's believing that God has the willingness to finish that plan in us. Y'all ever play that game when you were in school, you know, where you, know, you stand behind somebody and say, how much do you trust me, and you ask them to just fall back into your arms? You ever done that? I, got a, I had a friend that I never played it with him because I watched him one day. He told a guy to do that, and then he stepped away and just let the guy fall flat on his back. You know, and, and this was a guy that was really trusting and he felt, I mean, he felt, he laid out, man, flat on his back, cracked his head, you know, had to, had to go to the, uh, go see the, uh, in the office and had to go check on him. His mom had to come get all that stuff, you know, and so, you know, that's not a guy you can trust, is it? You know, and, and, and th- let me tell you again, God's not into that. You see, that was, that was a game, right? It was just a game. It wasn't really something like, I mean, I wasn't putting my, uh, putting my life, putting my future, putting my eternal so- soul in, in, in the hands of, you know, those people that were playing this game. You know, I wasn't doing that, and that was just a game. God's not into games. Let me give you a better analogy than, than that, because God's not really walking around behind us and saying, uh, trust me, fall into my hands and let me, let me uh, prove that I can catch you. Let me give you a better analogy. It's more like if I were in a burning building hanging out of a second story window and God's on the ground with a big net and he looks up and he says, trust me, jump, trust me. You know, God hasn't set us up just so that we would have to be obedient, just so that we'd have to trust him. We've got our lives in a mess. I mean, Finances are in a mess. In this country, finances are in a mess, right? A lot of, a lot of our families in this church, finances are in a mess. And, and there's a reason for that. And I, I'm probably going to tell you that real close to the end of this message. But there's a lot of people in our church that they've got trouble in their finances. And you know what? Our, our finances are, it's like a house that's on fire. It's burning up. And as long as we keep trying to do it our way, you know what's going to happen? It's going to keep burning. And there is no house that is fireproof, is there? I mean, is, do you live in a house that's fireproof? No, there's no house that's fireproof, and your finances are not fireproof. And even if you think, hey, everything's okay today, you know, you need to, don't just dwell in your own house and do it your own way. You need to listen to God. So the, the better analogy is that, that God is looking at us in the middle of all of our problems, and he's saying, hey, look, I've got a big net here that I can save you with. If you'll just trust me, jump into my net, into my arms, and let me see what I can do for you. Because that, that's the reason that we tithe. Is because God is standing in a safe place with everything that we need, and He says, "Trust me." We 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 tithe because we trust Him. What do we trust? We trust that He's got a plan. You know, God's got a plan. He know, and, and He's got the ability. He knows how, and He is able to rescue me and my finances. He's able to pay every one of my bills. He's able to handle everything that that I've messed up. He's able to fix it. He's able to turn it around. He's able to to uh, to straighten it out. He's able to get it paid off. He's able to give me the opportunity to work. He's able to open the doors for a, a better job. He's able to do all these kinds of things for me. I, I trust that he has a plan and I trust that he's able, but there's a third thing you got to trust in a person, isn't there? Because you know, my buddy, you know when when I was in elementary school, that just let the guy fall. You know what? He had a plan. It was the wrong plan, though. He had the ability to catch this guy. But you know what he didn't have? He didn't have the willingness to do it. And so that's the other thing is you've got to, the reason we tithe, why we tithe is because we also trust in God's willingness. 
to fulfill his promise. That he will never lie to us and never forsake us and never go back on the word that he has given to us. That we trust. And can I tell you this? I mentioned this, in the, I think, at the end of the service last week. That there are, there are people, there are sinners out there. And, and, and because of the background of my family, you know, my, my dad, if most of you may know, he was a, a bivocational minister for most of, his ministry, most of his ministry. And he was a CPA slash pastor. And that's kind of where I'm, you know, my secular background is, and even even Joey's as well. Is that's kind of our background is in finance and working with people and their taxes and those kinds of things. And so we run into people like this, sinners who will tell you they're not Christians. They don't they don't uh, believe or trust in God for their eternal salvation. They don't go to church. They don't hardly ever pray, but they pay their tithes at such and such little podunk church down the road somewhere because they know, because somewhere in the past, they maybe it was their mom or their grandmom or somewhere, they watched and they saw and they know and, and these, these sinner businessmen that still pay their tithes because they know that God cannot lie. Even though they don't trust him for the eternal salvation, they're trusting him with their dollars and they're putting them into God's hands knowing that God is not just that he doesn't just have a plan and he isn't just able, but that God is willing. And listen, I don't know why God does that. That's between them and God. I don't know why God will, will, will bless them in that way, but he was blessing them because of their giving, even though they weren't right with God. Now, he might not do that for forever, and some of them may have gone bankrupt because they didn't get their right, life right with God. I don't know that, but I can tell you this, that God's promises are yea and amen, and, and nothing can change that. And that's why we tithe is because we trust in his ability, we trust in his knowledge, and we trust in his willingness to do it. But it goes a little deeper than that. I mean, you know, you may be, if you, if you just started trying to tithe and you're really struggling with it, you, you're probably at that obedience place. You might not yet be at this place where you can just trust God and believe, he's got, he's got to help me at this because he said he would. But there's another place. It, it goes just a little deeper. I mean, the reason he tells you to jump out the window, say, get out of that mess up there and come, because he's got this net. You see, that's the, well, here it is. The next one says, this is what he says he'll do. He says, I will throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have room enough for it. The reason, let me tell you why we tithe, is because of abundant provision. You remember David, he said it this way. I've been young and now I'm old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging for bread. Abundant provisions that are there. It, this is this is his net. He says, if you'll get out of doing it your way and jump into my lap here, I've got abundant provisions for you. How, how abundant? He said, man, I could open the windows of heaven and just pour out blessings in you that you don't even have room to receive them. This is why we tithe is because we know that that God, you know, one guy said it this way. It's like, it, it's like God and I are shoveling. I'm shoveling into his bucket and he's shoveling into my bucket. The good thing is that God's bucket is a whole lot bigger than my bucket. That's all it is, is, is just knowing that, you know, I'm trading blessings with God and how much can I bless God? But how much can he bless me? That's what it is. It's, it's understanding that there are abundant provisions, that, that he does have this net of, in his care of a way to take care of all of my financial needs and all of my struggles and all of my battles. And, and you know, a lot of times I, I kind of get worried. And I got, you know, I got to just honestly, I mean, I was going through these yesterday and, and just remembering a lot of places we've been in ministry. My goodness. Places that we've had to trust God, just, you know, just wondering how in the world. I mean, I've, I've gone to church before wondering how in the world I was, I didn't have gas and no money and how in the world I was going to be able to get back home. 
I go to church. I mean, that's where we've been in ministry a lot of times. But can I tell you something? I never walked home from church. You know, I've never walked home from church. I, I remember one specific night that I, I went to a church service. We, we lived about a half hour from where we were ministering. We were youth pastors and, and, and ministers of music. We were in revival. Well, I'm the minister of music. Guess what? I need to be there, right? <laughs> you know, minister of music really needs to be at the church. You know, and, and so I'm there and I've got, I've got just a, about $3 in my pocket. I don't have any gas in my car. I know there's no way I'm getting back home 30 minutes away. And, and God speaks to me you know, as we're receiving the offering. He tells me to give that 3 dollars and i'm thinking if i give this three dollars i can't get home but you know what i I had already begun you know and i don't know that i was in a place that i could have just totally fallen back but i had already begun to believe that god even that young and early in my ministry i took that three dollars i put it in the offering plate and right after church a sweet old sweet old lady that uh, was a minister she was was ministered licensed in the church she she came up to me to just say hey i just i just needed to tell you something and i really appreciate you and she shook my hand and and when i took my hand back there was a five dollar bill in her in my hand Say, man, how, how does God do that? You know, already, you know, God has turned $3 into $5 because of obedience. How does God do that? God wants to, you know why he doesn't do that? He doesn't do that because we're still up there in the second floor of the, of the house that's burning and doing it our way. And we've not yet put ourselves in the place. The reason we tithe, why we tithe is because he has abundant provisions. But listen, a lot of you are smiling, nodding your head, and you know all that. Are you going to stay with me this last one? Because there's a reason behind the abundant provisions. And, and, and there's a clue in the, in the end. Of the, Mike, can you back up and give me that verse again, the one we just looked at, uh, that, that portion of the verse? There's a clue right here in these last two lines. So much blessing that you will not have room enough for it. The, what I'm about to give you is not the reason. I'm about to give you the reason behind the reason behind the reason behind the reason. Obedience is the reason. Trust is the reason behind the reason. Abundant provision is the reason behind the reason behind the reason. I'm about to give you the reason behind the reason behind the reason behind the reason. The true reason that we tithe. I said, I'll give you so much that you will not have. That, that's a hint. That's a hint. Let me tell you, it, it connects to the dream of 2911. I just preached to you about the, about the vision of 2911, which is to go out and engage the, our communities with the love of Jesus Christ. Well, when we engage them, you know what we're trying to do? Our dream of 2911 is that we know that people are not living the dream God has for their life. Jeremiah 2911 says, For I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you. Not plans for evil, plans to give you a future and a hope. Now, does that sound like... The people out there, does that sound like their life? No, people aren't living the dream. People aren't living the plan that God has for their life. So when we get out there to engage them, as our vision statement says, we want to help them begin to take hold of the plan, the dream that God has for their life. And it's not just about me and you. It's about them having the dream too. And when they come and they begin to uh, receive the, the plan and the dream for God's life and their life, you know what? Then it's no longer about them. Now it's got to start being about somebody else that needs to find out about God's plan and God's dream for their life. I'm still hinting about this last little bit here, and I'm wondering if how well in your spirit you're going to follow me. Oh, I hope you follow me at this last one, the reason behind the reason behind the reason behind the reason that we tithe. And it's right here, and this is in the middle of verse 10. Chapter 3, he says, I want you to bring the tithes. Why are you going to bring the tithes? So that there may be food in my house. And the word food is also translated meat. You and I would probably translate it bread. And we know that Jesus is the bread of life. or He is the word. He is the, the one that brings to us the life. I mean, he's the bread of life. That, that, that's what this is all about, isn't it? 
I mean, this it's the reason. This is why we tithe. It's not just because he's a mean old God up there demanding obedience. It's not just because I trust him. He's got a plan. It's not just even because of the abundant blessings. It's because of something more. It's because he wants to provide food, meat, word, ministry. See, that's what it's all about. What, what, did, what did the end of that, the, that last phrase say? It says that you will not have room enough to receive it. He wants to give us so much blessing that you won't have enough to receive it. You won't have. What does that mean? He wants to give me more than I can hold? Yeah, because he doesn't want me to hold all of it. He wants to give me enough that I've got enough. And that I, I can, I've got some that I say, here, take this in a hurry. Oh man, when did, when did the, the church become so focused on what's in it for me? When did we begin to lose sight of I And every time we hear a message, what do we think of? We think of, we think of you know, what, what am I going to get out of this? I mean, we were real excited there. Everybody was smiling, nodding their head about the abundant provisions. You know, but listen, God wants to give you abundant provisions. And you know what? He doesn't want to give you abundant provisions just so you can have a big bank account. That's what some of us believe. That's what some people are living out there. God blesses them, and they think, well, look how God is blessing me, and they're just building big bank accounts. No, that's not what he wants. I told you about the rich young ruler. Just the other day, in preaching, I told you about him. What did God tell, what did Christ tell him? He said, sell what you have and go minister to somebody else. You've got so much, not just so that God can brag about how good you are. You've got so much because God wants to use you to bless somebody else. Acts chapter 2, remember, last week again. What did they do at the end of the, Acts chapter 2? When, when God was adding to the church daily, such as, such as should be saved, and several things were happening there. One of those things was they were blessing one another. Remember, that was part of the working our web. We talked about, I hope you were working your way Hope you had some opportunities this week. You know, hope some of those things were happening in your life. And as those things were happening, what, what did it say they were doing? It said that, that when they found out somebody in the crowd had a need, they went and pawned something or they went and sold something so that then they could give that money to someone that had a need. I like the way one man said it. He said, in the early church, no one was satisfied with too much as long as anybody had too little. Hmm, think about that. You know, when did the church become I, me, and mine? Oh, we need to get back to the place that we understand that God's not just doing all this for me and you. Yeah, he loves you, but you're not his number one. His favorite, he loves us all the same. And, and, and it's not just that he loves the ones that are sitting here today. Remember, you used to walk in the place that those who aren't with Christ now are walking. And he wants to bless them as well. And how is he going to bless them? He can't bless them financially because they're still in that house and they don't know about him. How can he bless them? He can bless them by pouring out such a blessing on me that then I've got enough more than I can handle and i got to hand it away. But, you know, we, we try to hold it, hold it in, you know, and try to hang on to it. He doesn't bless us so that we can go buy a big yacht or a... Summer house in the French Riviera. That's not why God blesses us. That's the way some people believe. Oh, no, we would never waste our money on big, huge, extravagant things like that. No, we squander ours on little bitty things, don't we? Come on, think about it. The next time, the next time God blesses you, get an unexpected check in the mail. You, you know, a rebate that you'd forgotten about. Or maybe, maybe you get more back in taxes than you, you thought you should get. Something, some kind of unexpected blessing. And God just gives you a blessing or, or the boss gives you a bonus for really no reason. But for some reason you get some kind of... 
You need to stop for a minute and say, God, why did you bless me this way? Did you bless me this way so I can have more? Or did you bless me this way so I can be taken care of? And somebody else too. That's the purpose right there. It's about the ministry. That's what 2911 is all about. It's about, it's about reaching this. And when we reach him, guess what we're going to be doing? Can I tell you this? I looked at this just, just about a month ago. We have 170 people who regularly attend this church. Now, somebody asked my dad when he was pastoring, he said, how many are you running? And he gave them this big number. They said, well, that's pretty good. He said, yeah, but that's how many we're running. We're really only catching this many every Sunday. You know, that's the way we, we got 170 that we're running here. But we actually have anywhere from 120 to 160 on, on, a, on a given Sunday. We got about 25, you know, that we, that means not counting people twice. We got about 25 or so here this morning that aren't staying for the second service, maybe a few more than that. So you add that with a hundred and so, that, you know, and so we'll, we'll probably be, you know, if everybody shows up for the second service, you know, we'll, we'll probably be up there around that one, 150 mark again today. We've got about that many people. So let's just say, but it's about 170 that are regularly attending. And I counted through those and we have 52 people regularly attending this church of that 170 people. We have 52 of those that I know that were not attending church anywhere before they came to church 2911. Somebody say, praise God. Man, that's awesome, isn't it? But you know what happens in that? You know what happens? And some of these people have never been in church, but most of them were in church. They got mad, they got angry, or they got hurt, or for some reason they just turned around and walked in a different direction from God. And you know what happens when people like that come to church? Those last few years, you know what they've been doing? They've not been sowing good seed, they've been sowing bad seed. And that bad seed has started growing in their life, and now they come to church, and God forgives them of all of their sin, and they're on their way to heaven, but they still got a lot of bad stuff growing in their lives. They got bad stuff growing in their relationships and their marriage relationships. They got bad stuff growing in their finances. They got bad stuff growing in, in their health. They got bad stuff growing in their relationship with their kids, with their parents. They've got bad stuff growing in every part of their life. They got bad stuff growing in their, in their job because of stuff that they've sown in their job, their attitude and, you know, and some of those. They got bad stuff growing. And so when they come into the church, you know what that means? That means we've got to have, we've got to have the, 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 the vision to not just say, Hey, come in. You know, God can bless you and say, now bless them. You know, it's like just say bless them and send them out in the cold where to God says no give them a coat too we've got to have something to minister to them and so that's that's why we do this the reason we tithe is because we want to be a part of what God is actually doing for people not just not just the oh it feels good today that all my sin has gone away I'm, that's awesome and that's wonderful but really truly blessing and minister to people because here 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 is the reason okay the reason we tithe is because we have vision we tithe because we have vision, you know, and you can say we've got vision, but to just, it's not enough to just say we have vision. You've got to live the vision. You've got to walk the vision. You've got you to believe the vision that we want to reach people, people that are hurting, people that have been out of church, people that have sown ugly and bad stuff into their life. We want to reach them. You've got you to walk that vision. You've got you to talk that vision. You, you've got to pray that vision and believe that vision. You've got to share that vision. You've got to work that vision and you got to fund that vision. And that's why we tithe. It's because every Sunday, whether you know it or not, every Sunday there are people sitting in the chairs beside you that desperately need food in the house. And when I tithe, I'm providing food in the house. That's why we tithe. is because we are funding the vision. I believe the vision. I want to live the vision. I'm ready to work the vision. 
I'm willing to fund it too. <coughs> this past Friday night, <coughs> pardon me, still trying to get this stuff out of me. This past Friday night, Dave and I have privilege of going with Shannon Harbison to a, a little banquet for Discovery Clubs. You're going to get introduced to them. Discovery Clubs next week. And people were giving huge amounts of money. Now, huge to me. $6,000 is huge to me. One person gave $6,000 that night. They didn't buy anything with it. They gave $6,000 that night. I didn't see them write the check, but I saw them step up to the plate and accept the challenge. And we gave our little bit that we felt like we could give. It wasn't required. Everybody didn't give that night. But we felt like we wanted to. And, and I just had this feeling inside of me. And I, and I said something to God, just, just under my breath, I said something to God that only God could hear. And then on the way home, David said the same thing to me that I said to God. I wish I could be a giver like that. I would, I, God, why don't you bless me so that I could be a giver like that? I mean, if I had $100,000, you know, God bless me with $100,000 today, I probably wouldn't have it about three weeks because I'd have, I'd have started a new club Friday night, you know, and I, I'd probably pay off Vance's building, you know, up in the Dakotas, you know. And, I, you know, I, I, God, why don't you let me? And then, and then God spoke to me yesterday. That was Friday night. God spoke to me yesterday, and he reminded me. He said, you are. He said, you are a giver to ministry every time that you write your tithe check. Because we're providing food for his house. We write the tithe check. If you pay tithes, I mean, if you mark yours as tithes, a 15% of that, 14% of that goes to general and state uh, uh, works and missions and ministries as well. You know, part, so part of every, every dollar that you write, 14 cents of that dollar goes somewhere else outside of this building to actually minister. And some of that goes into foreign countries. The, the, the church of God, oh man, I, I got to close right here. But I tell you, the church of God figured it, up, figured it up just a few years ago that for every, about every $30 that was given to world missions, the church of God, world missions, a soul was being saved. That's amazing. Think about it. If I could write a $30 check and get a soul saved, man, let's line up and write some $30 checks today. That's why we give. That's why we tithe. It's because we're, we're part of the vision. We're not just talking about it. We're not just saying, hey, I go to the church for the vision. We're part of the vision. And God said, you, you are a giver to ministry every time that you write your tithe check. This past week, I told you last, reminded you last Sunday, we talked about this blessing thing. I want to ask you, how many of you this week, if you raise your hand, let me explain to you what I want. You would raise your hand to say, this week, you had an opportunity to bless someone and you might, and listen, I don't mean that you actually did it, okay? Because I don't, I'm not wanting to brag on you right now, okay? That you did it. Even if you had the opportunity, but you didn't do it. I want you, wait, let, let's do this another way. Everybody raise their hand. Everybody raise their hand. Hold it up, everybody. Everybody with their hand raised right now had an opportunity to minister this week. The problem is most of us missed it. We didn't see it. We skipped it, every one of us. So now, let's not miss this opportunity. How many did you walk by this week? Don't walk by this one. Ushers are going to come. I want the ushers to come to the front. 
And here's what I want you to do. I want you to bring your offering this morning because here, I want you to bring your tithes this morning. If you're not a tither, I, I, I thought about saying I invite you, I encourage you, I, I strongly encourage you, but, you know, I don't. God does. Malachi chapter 3, he said, bring it in so that you can be obedient and you can learn to trust me and I can give you abundant provision so that ministry can happen in my house. God does it. Ushers, I just want you to come stand here and face the congregation because I want us to bring our tithes, put them in the bag, and I want you to stay right here with me because I want us to pray over these tithes. Because this is not just an empty something that we do. There's reason behind this, and there's reason behind the and there's reason behind the reason behind the reason that we do this. And, and we may have started because of obedience, but we've matured today and to say, no, wait, we're going to do this because we have a vision. And you might not have come prepared. If you're not a tither, you might not have come prepared to tithe today. Try to find something. If you don't, maybe, maybe I paid my tithes Wednesday night, so I, you know, I really don't have a tithe to pay today. I haven't, you know, didn't have another blessing like that. Well, I did have a small one. I got $3 worth of tithes I got to pay today, so I've got that check written. You know? And so you might be that way where you don't have a tithe because you got paid and you've already paid your tithes, and, and so you didn't come with any extra today. Borrow a dollar. Borrow a dime. If you want one of my checks or a dollar, just so everybody can come and bring something today so we can pray over it. So I want you, if you will, if you'll join me here, I want you to all stand. Come bring your tithes. Lay it, put it in the bag. And then just, just kind of step back, and we're going to have a, have a word of prayer over the tithes today.